When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the highly anticipated podcast that is after extra time. With the news announced earlier this week that fans are allowed back into sta- stadiums, the Millwall one, Jacko, is back to take over from the fake noise that is Adam Green. With me, as always, is the so-called famous one himself, it is Greeny. How are you, mate? All right, mate. You? Yeah, I'm not too bad. A couple Good of up. issues from uh, last week's pod, by yeah. the way. Uh, apologies that <laughs> I wasn't there for the first part. But the 2,000 Millwall fans being a shed... It's a, yeah. it's a bit harsh, but saying that, we may not get a lot of fans, but Ben Chilwell won't be going around the den anytime soon. I'm telling you that for certain now. <laughs> guy shat himself. Guy shat himself that much. He couldn't take throw ins against Mill in a game against game for Leicester. So it right. says it all, mate. He's old news now, Jacko. Is he? He's doing really well for Chelsea, from what I hear, but much better than that Marcus Alonso. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> How have you been anyway? You all right? Uh, yeah, good, mate. Good. I'm looking forward to uh, your special guest tonight, mate. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Stimpson. Um, yeah. yeah, I've had a bit of a crash course on understanding him, mainly from you, to be honest, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be a good crack. be interesting to talk yeah. to him about um, Hampton Town, um, yeah. club that I definitely have a soft spot for. Um, but yeah, it'll be good. But uh, obviously, we've got to go through our, our main tosh first. Um, yeah. Quite a few interesting games this week. Um a couple of cup results as well that have been a bit of a shock, but we'll go through them later on. The first one yeah. I'm going to start with, <laughs> mm. I bet you can't guess why, um, is Liverpool versus Brighton. Yeah, I thought you would have come to that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what a result, eh? Well, it's it's a massive result for, for Brighton, and, you know, especially mm. with the United result from a couple of weeks ago. They obviously managed to get a point out of it instead of you know, losing it they, like they did against mm. United. What have you made about it from the after the aftermath of that game? 
It's debatable again. Was it a penalty? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I don't even know if it was Jacko, to be honest. Yeah. What What did you, you make I mean? of, of VAR throughout that game? Because obviously there were quite a few controversial decisions. There was obviously the offside for Liverpool in the first half. Mopay's yeah. penalty was a bit sceptical because of him yeah. kicking a foot. Or it may have been the second one. I can't remember now. And obviously yeah. there was obviously a bit of discussion about um, Gross's penalty. Um, right at the death. Um, mm. Do you think it's just one of those games for VAR? I don't want to go over it too much. I know you two take the, the piss and say that I like talking about it, but I don't want to talk about it for the wrong reasons, if you see what I mean. So, mm. do you think they, by the letter of the law, did they get those decisions right at the end of the day? I think some of them they did. Yeah. Some of them they didn't. I think it that game mate, was a bit tit for tat. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I think both both teams seen for and against for the that that game. Yeah. So I don't think any manager really can complain of what the outcome was. Yeah. Like I said, both teams had fours and against on it. So, mm. like I said, I don't really want to touch much on VAR because we go over it week in week out. But I thought, overall, you'd probably say it was a fair outcome. Mm. Um, Jurgen Klopp obviously came out with a bit of um, controversy of his own over the last sort of couple of weeks, criticising BT Sky for scheduling the games the way they have, um, which in turn he says is one of the reasons for why they're suffering so many injuries at the minute. Obviously, Milner went off. Henderson, I believe, took another knock as well. Yeah. Do you think Klopp is right to sort of go and have a say about the way the games have been coming or is it a case that he hasn't strengthened the squad that he should have done in the summer and is now looking at that, that as an excuse for why they're having so many injuries? Yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think at the end of the day, mate, all, all the Premier League managers have got the same schedule. I know that obviously they're in Champions League, but what about Europa League managers as well? Yeah. Leicester have had several players out. And, mate, it is what it is. You've got to have more squad in depth if you know you're in these competitions. Mm. So I feel I feel a bit personally that he's using it a bit. Yeah. So like I said, every, every team, mate, is playing these amount of games. So it's not just Liverpool have got, I don't know, consecutive games every week. Mm. They've all got it, mate. Yeah. Man City is another prime example. Pep's had it. He's in the Champions League. He's in all the cups and Prem. It is what it is, mate. At do this you, sort of time. Do you think that if Liverpool had done what Man City did to Burnley, Klopp wouldn't have said anything? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think he would have said nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would have brushed it under the carpet, mate. Any excuse, I think, that he's, he, he knows, mate, he's drew to Brighton. One all, it's not the best of results in Liverpool fans' eyes or, you know, or in his eyes. And, and he's looking for that little excuse rather than saying, hold me hands up, mate. Brighton were a decent outfit. We never turned up. That's it. We've got a point. Um, Brighton perspective instead now. Um Big, yeah. big boost for Potter to get a result like that, isn't it? Yeah, massive, mate. I mean, I didn't see it coming. No. I thought it could be a, a walk in the park for Liverpool that mm. day. But they've had two good results, mate. Brighton have picked up three points against Villa last week. Yeah. Another point against Liverpool this week, mate. Potter's doing an incredible job. I'll give him that. I mean, they are still down there, mate, in 16th. But I look at some of their points they've picked up and you think it's fantastic. Yeah. 
Can you see Brighton struggling, or do you, do you think they've got enough mm-hmm. about them to, to stay up this year? Because obviously, I know at the minute you've got Sheffield United have only got one point. Fulham mm. will go uh, go to Leicester tomorrow night. They're not in a great run of form. Yeah. Only obviously got beat quite heavily by Man City yesterday. Um, mm. Obviously, they're now sort of five points off Burnley in in eighteenth. Uh, so, is that something you could see? Could you see Brighton staying up? I think they'll stay up, mate. I think if it was, I think if it was last season's teams in the Prem, I think they might be down there. Mm. But like you said, there's just there's just a couple more teams who are not as good. Yeah. Which, like you say, the Fulhams, the West Broms, the Sheffields this year, mm. not great. So I think Brighton would be all right, but I don't think they'll be like a top fin- table finish. I think they'll finish probably where they are now, mate, sixteenth, fifteenth, yeah. something like that. But that's a good that's a good season for them, Jacko. If they finish there, well, I think. You know, it's their aim at the minute because obviously last season was. You know they're best in top flight history. They, I think they got the most most points ever. Would, would it be a disappointment mm. if they weren't to sort of match that this season, or would it just be a case of we've 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 stayed up again for another consecutive season? We can then sort of focus on moving to the next part of sort of pushing a higher up the league. Yeah, I think they'll be happy with it, but then next season they'll want to get higher up the league. But my only issue with that is next season will they lose the likes of Lamptey? More pay, maybe. Lalana will probably stay where he is now because of his age. Have they got Lamptey as a full, as a permanent deal, or have they got him on loan? I'm not entirely sure, mate. I thought it was a permanent, but I could be wrong, so I wouldn't want to be quoted on yeah. it. But I mean, even if if he is on a permanent, I can't see him staying at Brighton, mate. No. Where where could no, you see I him think, going then? I could see him going to the staying in the Prem, but I think he'll go to a, a bigger team. Which is probably like some, I don't know if I have to say someone like Wolves, yeah, but Villa. Even. But would Wolves do that after getting Samedo in? See, it's a good question, mate. I mean, I haven't really seen much of Samedo this year. What I thought I would do, yeah. I thought I'd see a lot more from him, but I, I fear he hasn't been a player. What's took my eye? Thinking, fucking hell. Mm. Samedo shit hot, you know, yeah. like you do when some other players join, and I just ain't got that same feeling. So, possibly not Wolves, and if Samedo's still there, and he's, you know, he's obviously been brought in for a reason, yeah. maybe even the likes of an Everton, mate. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. that's not a bad chat, actually, because obviously it would be a better option. Well, I wouldn't say a better option, but it'd be a good option to replace Coleman, seeing as he's now, yeah. you know, over, over 30, and he's had a couple of bad injuries. The last couple of years, and he and he likes to go forward, and I should, and that's how Ancelotti likes it. Mm-hmm. So, so be interesting, mate. Be interesting. Yeah, that'd no, be good. Um, moving on to Friday night's game, a bit over the shop. I apologise, but Newcastle no. um, got a timely win against Crystal Palace on the road mm. um, with mm. two late goals, and Joel Linton yeah. played a part in both goals. He, how big a mm. win is that for Newcastle? Massive, mate. Again, I didn't see that result coming either. It's a good job I never had knacker on. Don't talk to me. Palace have been playing some good stuff recently. And I just thought, do you know what, Palace would be just a bit too much for Newcastle, mate, going forward. Yeah. But again, Greeny's wrong. And Newcastle win by, with two late goals. And it's nice to see Joe Litton on the score sheet. Mm. I'll tell you what, mate. Uh, there's, there's not very many sweeter sounds than either Mill winning or you going, you're wrong. 
<laughs> one of the best noises ever devised by man is you saying you're wrong. Brilliant. But I'm just looking at the league table because obviously I was, I was quite surprised to see um, Newcastle beat Palace. You have a look at the league table. Everton is sixth on 16 points. Brighton yeah. are on in 16th on 10 points. There's six points separating yeah. just outside the Europa League spots and fifth from bottom. I mean, mm. that's you, is that expected at the start of the season or are you thinking that there should be a, a bigger gap between the top half and the lower half of the Premier Personally, I think there should be a, a lot bigger gap than what there mm. is. Um, it's nice to see how tight it is now. It adds to it, yeah. it you know, keeps you more in, in in suspense, mate. You know, if you lose one game, you can drop down, like you say, mate, Everton who are on uh, 16 points. If they lose the next two, mate, they could be down in 16. Yeah. Um, you know, so the pressure turns, doesn't it, on the, on the manager then? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Palace are sitting there on 15th on 13 points. There's only three points to separate. Palace in 15th and Everton in 6th. Um, mm. Would you like to see that carry on for the remainder of the season? Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. mate. I want to see it that tight going through the whole season here. And if I don't think we will, no. I think eventually teams, especially now the fans are starting coming in some ground. Well, this is the thing. Uh, this is what I wanted to sort of get your opinion on. Because obviously Leicester, where we are, is in a tier three. Mm. Liverpool, Manchester yeah. are tier three. Yorkshire's tier three. Yet London's tier mm. two. Do you feel if, if mm. some of the teams have to go to the capital that they're going to start struggling now that they're getting some fans at home? Yeah, I do, mate. And the thing is, I, I don't think it's an even playing field no. now. I, I think it's either no fans or fans. Yeah. Whether or not you're in Tier 2, Jacko, or Tier 3. It, it, there, surely there's an unfair you know, rule or something, surely. Mm. You know, you, 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 I mean... Like you say, Liverpool now have got to go, to, I don't know, to Chelsea or Spurs. Spurs. They've got 2,000 fans. Yeah, there, especially mate. now that Spurs and Liverpool are joined top after tonight's result. That, yeah, it can make a hell of a difference. That game at uh, New White Hart Stadium will, will be different, won't it? Yeah, I mean, 2,000 fans going to Anfield, it will still be daunting place, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? With 2,000 fans even, but with nothing there, no. it's anyone's game, mate. I think it's appalling, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I'm glad for the lower league clubs. That they yes, can do that. I am as well, to be fair. But again, because they're getting ready. Again, it's it's difficult because obviously clubs sort of north uh, from the Midlands to the north uh, won't be able to bring fans in, but clubs south of that will. So yeah. it's going to be again hit and miss for for those clubs in the north that can't have those fans in, especially with some of the um, clubs like Harrogate. Um, Mansfield, they're, they're sort of community clubs um, and they sort of strive on those sort of um, those sort of fan bases that they can't get in there. Mm-hmm. So I, I do worry. I, I am glad to see the fans will be back um, but I do worry that it's not going to change anything with regards to clubs being folded and, and stuff like that. I think if if the majority of Everywhere in England is in a tier three system. It's not going to change for the better anytime soon. But you know, hopefully, no. with the news that you hear about the vaccine and stuff, I don't want to get too political about it. But you, you hope by the uh, by the end of um, March, beginning of April, we might be in a better place than we are now. So, 
Fingers crossed. So I'm, I'm going to move on to um, the other two results from yesterday. Um, yeah. Everton losing at home to Leeds, but the, the bigger yeah. result, West Brom getting their first Premier League win uh, in about 678 days or something um, that they've mm. been in the Premier League against Sheffield United. Now, mm. how much pressure is Chris, Chris Wilder in at this moment in time? Now? A lot. <laughs> I mean, the way I look at it, mate, is, is he under pressure? Because you look at the job he has done with Sheffield. Mm. So if they sack him, who's they going to bring yeah. in to do what he's done? So that's the way I look at it. But I still feel he is under pressure because obviously every club wants to stay mm. in the Prem. So, yeah. But I do feel for him, mate. I mean, but the only thing is they didn't buy much in the transfer no. window, mate. There's no striker there. So when West Brom did win yesterday 1-0, I wasn't surprised, mate, because I thought, They've probably got more goal goal scorers than what Sheffield mm. have. Um, the def- defensively, they're all right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I thought after after last season and how well they played, I, I thought Sheffield United would be okay. I, I didn't think they were going to be up there like they. Were. I didn't expect them to get one point from mm. their first ten games. Um, so you know, it's a concern for me because obviously Sheffield United have done so well to get there in the first place. Um, but I can't see them turning that around at the minute. And I, I think they could still be on the same sort of number of points come January the 1st when the transfer window opens. But then you've got to sit there and think that he has to go out and get someone in the window. In the window. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. But then again, who have they got the money to buy a, a top Premier League striker, mate? Well, can bag them some goals? Well, uh, as stupid as this sounds, and someone that I think would fit in their system, why not try and get Giroud on loan? Yeah, it's a good, it's a great. You shout. know, the, the guy, the guy wants shout. to play for France in the in the in the Euros. He's sitting on the bench. He's got Tammy Abraham in front of him. He's got Werner in front of him. He's got Havertz when he comes back. He's got Callum Hudson Odoi. There's a lot of competition for places at Chelsea. I, I'm not saying it probably would work, but. I don't think Giroud's a bad forward. I think he's a very good forward for the Premier League. And I, I just think he could do them a job. But again, it's whether or not they'd have the money to be able to do that. But I, I, I certainly think that's where they have to go down. A, a sort of, as you say, experienced Premier League striker that could sort of bag them sort of 10 goals for the back end of the season. Um, mm. But uh, are they one for going? Well, <clears throat> at this moment in time, are they relegated for you? Yeah, 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 100%. I mean, the only other option I think of the player, he's not a striker, but you can turn him into one, is Damari Gray. Because mm. he's at no game time, he's looking to leave. I mean, maybe he might be worth a shout, mate. He has played up front yeah. of his own. So, a long shot, I know. It's the sort of thing that he has to take into consideration, isn't it? It's a case of who he can get. And when he can get them, but mm. I do certainly think Sheffield United have to sort have to go out as of January the first and try and get whoever they can. I know they say it's always difficult to bring players in. I get that, but they have to be looking at that as a day where they have to go out and get somebody. I mean, they did bring in that striker, Jacko, but he's been a flop. Yeah, I, I just think I, 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 I rate Rian Brewster. I think he's a very, very good forward, but I think he's a very, very good forward at Championship level because that's the only experience he's had at the moment. Whereas, if you compare the difference to him and Tammy Abraham, Tammy had that spell 
in the championship. Then he had a spell. I think he had some, some game time. Oh, no, I think he went straight into the Chelsea side after that season. But I think he's got the players around him to do to, to get those goals, whereas I don't think Brewster's got the players at Sheffield United. No, no, I agree. I mean, what surprised me as well, mate, that Wilder even left McGoldrick on the bench and didn't even bring him on. Yeah, but is McGoldrick going to win you a game? No, but I don't think Burke or McBurney would have either, no. to be honest, mate. Well, I mean, where's Billy Sharp in it all? See, he's he's one I'd love to get down at Millwall, if I'm being brutally honest, purely because we're having the same issue. I, I think I, I think Billy Sharp would do a job at Millwall, but that's that's a different matter entirely. Um, just quickly going on to West Brom, I mean, that's such a massive result for them, isn't it? Yeah. Especially with how the result against Burn, or Burnley's result against Man City, and obviously Fulham have got to go to Leicester to, tomorrow and get. That's huge for them, isn't it? Yeah, a massive result, mate. Like I said, yeah. It's put them a bit more clear from the bottom yeah. three. I mean, not a lot. They're only a point, obviously, separating them and Burnley. But, yeah. mate, it was massive. I mean, they know they're in a dogfight this year. And if they can pick wins up like that, they'll beat Sheffield, mate, who are down there. And that's what they say over the six mm. pointers. Beat the teams what are down there. And that's what they're doing. So, yeah, massive. Um, move on to uh, today's game. Or today's games that I've managed to mm. get a, keep an eye on. The first one to talk about is Southampton Man United because that to me is the definition of the cliche game of two halves. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I couldn't. Agree. I know United had a lot of chances in the first half, and McCarthy, to be fair to him, had a good first half. But my mm. word, was Southampton poor in that second forty-five? They was, mate. And you know what we always say, football fans, players, 2-0 is not a great score no. to sit on, mate. And it proved that today, second half, like you said, they, Southampton did not look like the team that were no. first half. Do you think United changed the system? I, I know, obviously, they had to take off the Hayer and bring Henderson on, who, you know, he had a couple of um, bits and pieces to do at the start of the second half and looked comfortable doing it. Obviously, they brought Cavani on. And I, I'll be honest... Mm. I wasn't expecting that performance out of Cavani. Um, I was very impressed mm. by what he gave that club or gave that team for this game. But do you think United changed the way they played when they brought him on? Yeah, I think they played. I think they played a bit more. Um, what to call it? More central. We obviously yeah. with Cavani giving Rashford out wide to open mm. up his legs a bit. I think it worked. I think yeah. the change worked. But I don't get why he didn't go with Cabani in the first place. But then I look at the bench, mate, Matter and James still left on the bench, still yeah. getting no games I, I think, I, I think the they, reason I, why he left those three on the bench today was because of the fact that they played against Istanbul on Thursday night, which hmm. is fine because you know, not everyone can play every minute of every game, especially those, the likes of Matter, the likes of Cavani, where they are coming to the end of their career. Um but do you think Cavani can sort of? I don't. I don't think there's there's going to be that much pressure on him. But do you think Cavani is there to sort of boost United up the league this season, and they sort of assess how it's gone yeah. at the end of the year and whether or not he's, they're going to resign? A bit, a bit, a bit like I Thiago so, Silva at Chelsea. Do you think it's something similar mm. to that? Mm. I think. Yeah, I do, mate. I think they'll probably extend it as well if he carries on the way he is. I mean, he's still a class player at 33 years old. He's still doing a good job. 
Uh, I mean, my only issue is for United as well, mate. If Cavani's not in the squad, or you take Bruno mm. out of the squad, I don't, I, I can't no, see him doing anything, mate. Bruno's scoring goals, he's been uh, winning them games. You know, one, one, you know, one sort of positive that I saw from the second half, I thought Maguire played very well. Uh, again, it was a, a, a completely different second half. I know. I thought Maguire played well. I thought Van der Beek was quiet at times, but. I think they don't know how to use him at the minute. Mm. And I think that's going to frustrate them. I think I get why they've done it because they want to replace it. They want to replace Fernandez. If he gets any length of the injury, they've got an out and out replacement for him. Um, But I just feel at the minute he's not being utilized well. And I don't know how they're going to change that because you, you can't have Pogba, Bruno Fernandes and Van der Beek in the same spot. You need a defensive-minded player, which is why I think they've brought in the likes of Fred or Matic or or whoever. Um, but I, I think, mm. I, I don't know, I, I think they have to utilise Van der Beek somehow, somewhere, and soon. Otherwise, it might cause a bit of issues with, I don't know, dressing room atmosphere. He may want to go because he realised that he's not getting what he wanted out of it. Um, I don't know. What do you think? No, mate, I agree. And I, and I feel, man, mate, I reckon if you ask Van der Beek the question, mate, he'll probably say he wish mm. he never signed for United, to be honest with you. I mean, like you said, they're playing him out of position. He's he's getting in the squad one minute and then next minute he's on the bench getting the last 10 minutes. That ain't what he signed, that ain't yeah. what he signed for, mate, to go to United and sit on a bench. He signed there thinking he's going to be one of the big stars week in, week out, playing football. Not, I rate him. No. We just haven't seen enough of him in that squad. Yeah, I, I watched him play um, in the Netherlands squad and he was fantastic. And I thought that ain't the player what we see in the Prem. So, like I say, I don't think Ollie is um, utilising mm. him the way he should be. Um, <clears throat> Southampton's point of view, obviously they're still in a unexpected mm. position of being fifth in the Premier League. Do you think that he has to mm. sort of figure out how to keep a two-goal lead? Or do you think it's a case of they played Man United, they probably weren't expected to get a result anyway, we'd move on to next week? Or do you think it's a case of we should have probably won that and we've let it slip and we need to, you know, we need to look at potentially changing something down the line? Yeah, I think, I don't think they should be playing United, mate. I reckon they've let a two-goal slip. They've switched off and let it slip, mate. Which you can't do in the Prem. Because like, like we've mentioned before, mate, in the Prem you get punished. And that's exactly what they've been done today. I mean, I'm still happy about Southampton played first half. Mm. I thought they were quality, proving why they're in the top six. But second half, I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Yeah. What's, what's changed? Could they, not, could they not handle Cavani? I mean, yeah, he brought Shane Long off and took off Gineppo. I thought he was playing well. So was it a change in formation? Mm. What knackered it up? It, it, it's it, mm. and a dodgy free kick still giving away like yeah, that yeah, in the last minute. No, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't need to give it away. You know what I mean? And it's clumsy, mm. and it's cost you a game. You need to. If I was a gaffer, I'd be saying, "Look, lads, you don't need to make fouls there. You were going yeah. nowhere. There were no pass on. Just stand your ground." But instead of that, a nice, easy free kick, and there's Cavani. I'm not being funny, mate. You don't want to defend against well, Cavani. He is good at moving. Yeah, head. I mean, he's got very, he two very good goals. Although Vestergaard, I think. You could say Vestergaard was at fault for both goals. Um, yeah, but then yeah. I don't think he had a lot of reaction time for the to, for Cavani's first, personally. 
um, because obviously he'd obviously mm. been defending on the post or he'd gone back to help defend on the post. And by the time he's got a chance to push forward, the ball's back in and Cavani's headed it in. So, yeah, I think they probably would have caused more problems, mate, if Danny Ings were in the squad. Mm. I think he would, he would have given you some yeah. different dimension just to play with. Do you, do you know, I mean, Walcott to me today, I don't think he'd done nothing. No. I um, thought he were poor. Yeah, I. I... No, and I was talking to my other half about this. I I just think with what's happened throughout his career, he's not been utilised where he should have been utilised from a younger age and therefore hasn't developed into that type Mm. of player. He is now an out-and-out winger. I don't... I I wanted to see it. When when he first came through and when he went to Arsenal, I sat there and thought to myself, he's potentially Thierry Henry's replacement, but not as a right winger, but as an out-and-out striker. Um, and you know there were glimpses at Arsenal that he had it and then he went to Everton and he started off okay he, you know he, he, I think he got an assist and a goal on his first start against uh, for Everton um, but then obviously got injured and that's always been a problem with his career as well with some of his injuries and yeah he just I don't think he's the player that I'd sort of hoped he would be but again it's it's one of those I think it's a good a good asset to have for Southampton but I just think they need to utilise them properly. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. Moving on to uh, the championship. Lots of stuff yeah. happened. Nothing really exciting. So we'll move on mm. to the FA Cup. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, a couple <laughs> of surprise <laughs> results for me yesterday. Um, yeah. Wickham getting a point away to Derby. Cardiff yeah. thumping Luton. I did not see that yes. happening. Um, Coventry getting a well-earned point against mm. Norwich. Rotherham, beat, uh, Rotherham drawing with Bournemouth. I, I just did not see any of those results happening. And to be fair, the Coventry result, the Rotherham result and the Wickham result were in my acre. So the less, the less talked about the championship, the better, really. Um, <laughs> Well, let's be honest. You play Derby at home to Wickham. Wickham are very good. You would have thought Derby get three points there. Norwich mm. are home to Coventry. You would have yeah. thought they'd get three points. And Bournemouth, yeah. you would have thought they'd get three points against Rotherham. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely not for Bankers. now. So, there's, there's a top tip after extra time. Mm. Listeners, don't rely on Jacko to get you any <laughs> sort of results for his ACA correct because he's shit. Um, did any any of those sort of results stand out to you at all? Um, like you said, mm. mate, the Cardiff Luton stood out. I thought I thought Luton might give them a game, but well, I think Luton started off like a train, and I think they've hit a stumbling block. And mm. I don't know whether or not they think that they're okay now, sort of safety wise. I don't know, and then they can sort of play. I don't know, play a sort of substandard form of football that that will just see him over the line. I, I, I just think with how well, how poor Cardiff have been, I just did not expect them to do that mm. against Luke. I didn't, mate. I really don't. I mean, no. I didn't even have a shot on target all game, Luton Town. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought about either. I mean, there was a lot of pressure yes. off yeah. on Neil Harris as well yesterday. So I thought if he didn't get a result, no, mate, I, I thought mm, oh, I agree he with that. could be out of a job, you know. But I feel four 0 He's definitely no, but, sacking from that. 
you know, does does that yeah. mean that his his stay of execution is by another week? Yeah, I think so. I think Tuesday night, Huddersfield mm. at home, that could be another hard game for him. Yeah, that could be the death game. Who knows, mate? I've been years under the cosh, I think now. But then again, mate, the tables. Yeah, well, again, it's a bit like the I think table. because there's it's quite a, a lot of draws happening in the championship at the minute. There's, I mean, there's eight points separating Millwall in eleventh and Norwich who are top. There's seven points separating Coventry in twentieth and Millwall in eleventh. And there's there's ten yeah. points separating yeah. Millwall in eleventh and Wickham in twenty second. So you you can't. Yeah, we're getting to the halfway stage of the, of the season, but you you can't call it yet at all. It's just, it's just it's just too tight. I mean, Millwall are no. four points off the playoffs, and we haven't won in five, six even. I think you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's nuts. Um, I will slightly analyse Millwall's game against Birmingham because I have to because it's a football podcast. I don't want to because, again, it's yeah. another game where we've just not created anything. I mean, to be fair, it was a really poor game for both sides. Neither side looked overly sort of troubling the goals. Um, I think Birmingham had one chance that Bielkowski saved well. Mm. And that was about it. Millwall had an audacious overhead kick by uh, Murray Wallace, our left back, in the last sort of couple of minutes that Etheridge tipped over the bar, and and that was it really. I think the the um, the main event of the game was that Drake Cooper dislocated his shoulder with 15 minutes to go and stayed on the pitch, and he's basically now just been touted as proper wall by a lot of the Millwall fans. Um, but, Would you no, have been happy with that well, point before the game, though, mate? We or? don't tend to get results at St Andrews. We've drawn four out of the last five. We've scored two out of the last five. Um, we're just not very good attacking for a team at the minute. We've got a load of injuries out of out of our players: Kenneth Sahor, Connor Mahoney, Mason mm. Bennett, uh, Shane Ferguson, recently. For they they've been our attacking players, and they 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 they've all been injured. Marlon Marlon Romeo or Romeo is is our right back. He's been injured. We don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, Troy Parrott's only just come back from injury, and he looks very good. I, I've been pleasantly surprised by Troy Parrott. He's got a very very good footballing brain for an eighteen year old kid. Um. He could have had a really good chance of getting a goal. Uh, Bob Varson put the ball through and he slid with the centre-half and the centre-half managed to sort of distract him enough that it's it's not been able to get tucked in. But he looks very, very good and I just feel he needs he needs someone else up front with him that's got the mobility and the intelligence to sort of run off him. But we haven't got that. We haven't got yeah. that. We either haven't got the mobility or we haven't got the intelligence. And... I, I read a lot of posts by Millwall fans on Twitter, on Facebook, and they're saying, oh, we need to go get another creative midfielder. We need to do this. We need to do that. We've got one of the smallest budgets in the league. And we've got the smallest squad in the league. We cannot 
afford to go and get another creative player. Because if you want a decent decent creative player, it's either going to cost you 15 grand in wages or it's going to cost you three and a half million to pay out flat out. And we, we just we just don't have that. So, yeah, right, yeah. um, you know, the fact that we're still getting results, you know, all right, we've drawn five games, but technically it's five games and beaten. We're, you know, we don't look like conceding. But Rabbit's using that as a sort of impetus to sort of keep the drive going. And I just don't think we've got the legs at the minute. I think we miss the fans a hell of a lot. And it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. Because I think, I'm hoping 2,000 fans will go to Millwall on Saturday against Derby. I will be thoroughly pissed off if 2,000 fans do not go to Millwall on Saturday. (laughs) Now, if they want to protest that the team are playing shit, that's fine. Do that. But if you're going to sit there and moan for the last seven months that you've not been able to go watch a Millwall game and you get the opportunity to go watch a Millwall game and you don't take it, then you're a fucking hypocrite. Mm. And it, I, I, yeah. I expect to see, at all football clubs, not just at Millwall, but I expect to see 2,000 or 4,000 fans every fucking week. And if not, why not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I have to agree with that. I mean, has as, as Millwall Mill, said anything about they're, they're going to do Mill, the Millwall, Millwall had a ballot for season to tickets. Or... It was season ticket holders only until they got uh, extended capacity mm. authorisation from the government. So the likelihood is it will be mm. 2,000 season ticket holders. Now, we get between six and 8,000 season ticket holders a season. We may get a couple of more if we have a good run for the season before. So I would expect us to be sold out. Every week, at home, every week, and if not, why not? Because I, I, I'm in a situation where yeah, I'm in a I, tier I mean, three, I agree, tier three county. I support a club in tier two, and I can't go and watch. It. And I, I hate it. I physically hate mm. it. You, you, you know as well as I do how much I love that club and how much I cannot go to it. It's, it's thoroughly demoralising. Yeah. To so the fact. Do you feel some fans might sell the Well, no, because if they're season tickets, they, what, what happens is they get a um, digitally read season ticket card. It's basically the same size as a credit card. You scan it, off you go. Um, the, the only uh, thing they do is that they give it to them. Uh, but the thing is, before you got given the registration for that, you had to um, send them details of your support problem. So it, it will either be that they go or they don't go. Mm. I mean, how many fans do feel would travel to these grounds? I know, obviously, we're in Leicestershire or Leicester. Do you feel fans would well, travel th- from this is the a problem. tier three to a tier You know, two the government are restricting inter tier travel, shall we say. But how they're going to police it, I don't know. Um, unless they're registered on there as a season ticket holder and they've mm. got it all sorted out, then they probably could. But is it worth it at the end of the day? I just think for the majority of the Millwall fans, they will be based locally, either in Kent or in London. Um, so, you know, there is the majority of fans there. Um, uh, as I say, I, I would expect to see 2,000 fans in the Yeah, I mean, uh, also as well, while you're on that, mate, I mean, do you feel now... 2,000 fans would make a difference in the stadium. You know, if you go to Spurs and they've got 70, 80,000 seater, 
and it's just too fast in there. I, I think it will make more of a difference. It has to. You're you're sitting there playing in front of nobody, mm. probably about fifty people, and all of them are backroom staff or officials or TV and media crew. That's it. That's all there is. Mm. If you get two thousand fans chanting and singing, they they will help dictate the game and how it goes. If you're playing shit, you will have two thousand people telling you you're playing shit, and they will expect better. And I think we will see a bit more normalization when it comes to some of the results we've been having. Um, I think, mm. I think. I mean, will you, you be pissed, mate, if Millwall have 2,000 fans in it? No, because we've not been very results. good enough. I, I, I won't sit there and say Millwall aren't getting results because they've got 2,000 fans in and they should have more. Millwall are not getting results because their team is not, the team are not playing well. We're not losing. Yeah, of course I it get is. that, but uh, it's a fortress um, place to go, you know, Jacko. It's been a case where if we could get Harris's mentality um, for home games and Rout's mentality for away games, along with, I don't know, the tactical knowledge of Jose Mourinho, we'd be the best side in the world. Because Harris knew how to play at home. Rowett knows how to play away and get results away from home. But we can't seem to... We can't seem to get... Mm. Neither manager could get either or working. They don't, they'd only have the home or away. They couldn't get back. And I think, I think with the boost of Millwall fans... Mm. It may not be as hostile as it used to be when you used to get ten or twelve or fourteen thousand people in, but it will be better than it has been. And I think the pressure will be on play will be on players and teams to start getting better results because the fans are now going back. But I personally, personally, I think yeah. the Mill yeah. side itself is low on confidence. We're not losing. But I just don't think we've got the confidence to think we're a good enough side at the minute and we're not getting the performances on the pitch. Do you think your your uh, confidence in players has gone downhill since, obviously, um, Rowett was at home? No, COVID? not really, because we played away at Preston Isolated. and we turned them over. All right, we won 2-0. But if you watch the highlights of the game uh, or watch the game itself, mm. Preston had, barely had a kick. So I don't think it is to do with that. I think the mm. the coaching team of Williams and Pierce that, that stood in for that, I think they did well enough. It, you know, but the problem is the problem is with Mill a lot at the moment is the basics are really really poor. The passing's poor. The position is poor. Either that they've they've got to do something with their fucking boots because they're slipping over more times than seeing someone on um, celebrity ice skating pitch or whatever it is. And it's costing us. And it's drab and it's boring and it's frustrating. But I love the club and we're only four points off the playoffs. And if we can get a couple of wins, and to be fair, Saturday I think is a really, really big game. Because of what happened at the back end of last season, the derby effectively, that result and the QPR result took us out of the playoffs. And I, I think we all need to get a result at home to derby on Saturday. It's a desperate thing. Um, and and yeah, Jack would be saying it's yeah. a really big game for Derby because Millwall aren't playing well. Rooney wants to get the job. They want to impress the new takeover board. They need to go for a win. So it is a really, really big um, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, It's massive. It's, it's massive, mate. I mean, what 
I'm just touching on Derby quick for Jack. I mean, uh, again, sure it was another late goal as well. With Wickham um, as well. I think Derby were sort of on course yeah. for winning that game, but then obviously I, I, I didn't see the highlights of it. But obviously the goal has been conceded in the last 10 minutes and you wonder if they had the legs to see it through. But, you know, Rooney's first full game in charge. It's, you get a different perspective from the touchline than you do on the field. Um, so, you know, whether or not he goes into that with a bit of confidence, the fact that he can actually sit and talk to his backroom staff with Rossini given and Watkins means that, you know, he might have a better idea of what they've seen and, and sort of convert it from there. Um, he obviously said he's prepared to retire if he gets the job full time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to make of that. I think it's still too early in his tenure to sort of make a note of it, really. Yeah, I agree. I mean, quickly, mate, before you move oh, on, Arsenal Wolves has been a massive injury in the game. There's a stretchers out now, Jeez. and uh, you see who it is. A net brace is going on the player. Just for a latest update, uh, David Luiz is one of them for Arsenal, and I can't see the other one have clashed heads on a corner. And it well, did look yeah, bad. but the, the thing is, mate, you don't get this yeah, anywhere. We're commentating on a game, but if people country. listen to this in seven months' time, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I just thought I'd add it in there to, to, for some people, but yeah. Um, uh, just quickly, the last couple of things that I down. want to talk about before we, we, we have our break and we invite yeah. Jamie on. It's uh, been the Cup weekend in both Scotland yeah. and England, and there's been some really surprising yeah. results. <laughs> the three that I want to talk about in the yeah, FA Cup. been some shockers, man. Um, Stevenage beat Hull on, in, on penalties. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a massive result for Stevenage, especially yeah. with Hull. But I think Hull probably have got a good chance of going back up into the Championship this season. Um, so seeing Stevenage do that was a surprise. Yeah. Um, Chorley beat Peterborough. Mm. Now, if anyone called that, <laughs> you're a liar. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone would have expected Peterborough to lose to Chorley, especially with how well Peter had been playing. And obviously... Craig was on the, the show last week. He was talking about how well they've been doing. Sure. Um, but the biggest one, I think I think yeah. this has to be the biggest one, is Marine have beaten Haven't Waterlooville. And they are now in the third round of the yeah. FA Cup, which Another is huge. Big shock. Because if they can get someone like... Uh, uh, again, yeah. it's, it's difficult yeah. because um, the fans aren't there. But if they could get a home tie to against Southampton or or one of the London clubs or United, they can get fans in. And I think that would be great yeah. for them if they can get a home tie. I know usually it's one of those better ones where if you can get an away tie, you get sort of 50% of the game receipts, get a bit of TV money. You probably still will do now. But, you know, I think if they could get the home fans, I reckon it would be a really, really good day for them. Um, so congratulations to Marine. The last one comes from Scotland and it comes from yeah. the League Cup. Celtic lost to Ross County 2-0. Right. Now, I know yeah, you two discussed it last week. To I, didn't for, seri- for Celtic, I, didn't sort of, I didn't pay attention to the position that Celtic are in at the minute. But that's the first cup game that they've lost in about the last 37. Mm. And they've won every domestic title for the past yeah. 
three or four years. Now, obviously, they're out of Europe and they're 11 points off Rangers in top spot. Is Neil Lennon going to be sacked this week? Mm. I think he's close. I think he is close, mate. I said to Jack last on last week on the pod, he's getting to the end of his time at Celtic Park, mate, because he's not picking up the results. I mean, look at the... Mm. Like you say, that he's miles off Rangers in the league. He's just been knocked out of that cup, Jacko. I mean, any Celtic fan won't, won't appreciate the situation they're in now. And yeah. I feel since Rodgers has left, they've been awful. And I don't think Neil Lennon... I know he's doing it once. Oh, Jack, you know, they, they won the title. Time, I think they did the, the double last year. Or the triple, the treble, I don't know. Obviously, they won the league last mm. year. Steve has mm. Rangers side there. Um, and I feel he is... Mm. It's going back to how it used to be. How it used to either be Celtic or Rangers, one of the two... When it came to the first couple of old firm derbies, whoever won that, I think pretty much went on and won the title. It surely it's got to yeah. be about time that Rangers were going to win it. Bearing in mind, you know they they had that issue with the finances and they got demoted to League Two and they had to work their way up to that. You know they 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 were bound to win it at some point. So are we really surprised that they're doing so well this year compared to how Celtic are? Uh, I'm still surprised because I still mm. think Celtic are a, 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 a good outfit. But and then again, I'm not surprised because mm. what Gerard's done to that club, mate, since going in is incredible. I mean, he had a rocky yeah. start when he first went in, but he knew that it was going to be rocky. He's now got a squad what what can play, and he and he mm. mate, he's not even proven it in the SPL. He's proven it in Europa League. Yeah, I mean, that's a like Benfica, and he's getting results out of that, and yeah. So it's not like it's a fluke and it's just in SPL. I mean, mate, Benfica, yeah, I yeah. think they've been in like finals well, and stuff. The I, had, League. I had, Champions League with the way in. that Benfica spent so, their money this summer, and this was uh, this was really bizarre because I'd seen a Twitter feed where they'd said mm. that Cavani had gone to Benfica. He obviously didn't, he went to Man United. But I genuinely sat there and thought, I think Benfica could win the, the um, Portuguese mm. League and potentially get far in Europa this season as well. So that's a massive result for Rangers to get was it one all draw that they got from mm. that? Yeah, so it's a massive result for them. Yeah, I mm. think it was, mate. Yeah. So you'll take that. Yeah. So I yeah. think Gerard, mate, he's, I think he might win it this year, the SPL. If he's there well, the year after, the, it's a different story. This is mate. the thing. If he, if, the SPL, if he does win the SPL, will teams be calling? And he gets far in the Europa League and say, I know it won't happen, but say someone of the calibre of United or Tottenham or Liverpool or Chelsea or Arsenal, even Arsenal, could you see that happening if Arteta doesn't do well? Mm. Mm. But do, do, you, do you think he could go to the Premier League and sort of emulate mm. what he's done at Rangers? Or would it be better for him to stay at Rangers and sort of try and bring that blue side of Glasgow back mm. and dominate in the SP, uh, Scottish football again before he makes his move down down back to England. Yeah, I think you should stand the SPL, mate. I mean, it's I know Lampard. He, obviously, he, he started at Derby, doing well, gone to Chelsea. But I think Gerard. It'd be an harder, harder game for him. I mean, Lampard's fell mm. into the Chelsea job, mate. With shed, shed loads of money. Now, if 
Gerard goes to another yeah. club, are they going to give him the money Chelsea have given Lampard? So it's. But then again, he hasn't got a massive no. wage thing at, at Rangers to buy big players, has he? So he's proven. I, I, well, I think he's done really well to keep Morelos there. I think that's such players. a big signing for them to keep hold of. And I think if they yeah. can keep him through January. I, and they, if they can win the title, I think they might be able to sort of keep him on on board. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, if he yeah. goes though, would you could you rely on Defoe? I think Defoe's a good impact sub now, um, but obviously he's getting on a bit. I, I just think you, Morelos is key uh, as that forward lineup for for Rangers to be successful. I think. I think Ryan Kent as well. The left winger, he's very key. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tavernier at right back. Um, there's a couple of centre backs. Uh, Goodison, I think, is one of them, or Goldson is one of them. Um, black in the middle as well. Mm. Uh, there's there's a lot of key players in that side that have kept a spine of Rangers of going, and they're sort of working around now, to sort of progress to the next level. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's key for Rangers if they can keep those players through January, and and hopefully that will push them up to to winning their first league title in four, six or seven years. I think maybe more. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, just a quick quick one, mate. I mentioned Wolves a minute ago. It was um, oh wow a massive okay. blow for them because it was Raul Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. And he's had to obviously go off, stretch it off, maybe yeah, revert yeah. oxygen. Especially on, now so with how well Yoss is doing at um, Liverpool. Um, I, I think that's a key miss for them. Um, yeah. yeah hopefully the, the players they've got waiting. I think they went and got um, yeah. 18-year-old kids, spent quite a bit of money on him this summer. Um, I think he's supposed to be quite good. Hopefully he, he might be able to step mm. up. But yeah, I think that's a, bit, that's a massive blow for Wolves. I mean, Jimenez has been their goal-scoring threat for the last... Two years, yeah. and he's broken Premier League record or Wolves Premier League records um, since he's been there. So yeah, that's a massive blow. But yeah, they've got January around the corner. So if he is out for a considerable amount of time, they mm. probably could go out and get somebody. Um, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. That's that that's true. it, mate. That's that's it for the first part done. Well, um, yeah. Before we go, mate, one more thing. Um, I'm sure you'll agree. Yes, is that, the, I have uh, forgot to put that the, in my uh, notes, stupidly. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, that's a very, very sad couple of weeks. Obviously, Ray Clements passed away. And then, obviously, Diego Maradona passed away this, this week. Um, what a player. I, unfortunately, it was just before my time that I watched him. Mm. Um, I, I know a lot of people have labelled him a cheat for the hand of God goal. Mm. But I've, I've watched a lot of footage of his 86 World Cup and some of the things he was doing were just out of this world. I, I, it looks like he basically carried yeah. that Argentina side to that World Cup that year. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, he's a, he's one of those geniuses only come along once every sort of 30 yeah, or 40 definitely. years. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very sad day. Uh, very sad week, rather. Um, did you see what what Messi did um, today? Uh, it was over. The, uh, I, I presume Barcelona played. No, today. Mate, he no. scored a goal. 
and he put on a Newell's Old Boys top with 10 on the back. He's obviously Newell's play in Argentina. I think that was where Diego started. Oh, wow. Um, and he, he sort of emulated mm. the goal celebration that he did. Mm. So, yeah, it's, there's been a lot of really nice touching tributes well, to Diego Maradona this week. Um, if you if you can on Twitter, look for Gary Lineker's stories because they're fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, so yeah, no, mm. yeah, very sad week. Yeah, but, yeah. Hopefully we can remember him for the good stuff mm. rather than the bad stuff. So yeah, so that's definitely that's right. it. And then on a very sombre note, um, join us for part two where we talk music, which doesn't help me, Northampton Town, which doesn't help Greeny. And, uh, yeah, we'll just join us after that. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to part two of this week's episode of After Extra Time. With me uh, this evening is the... Famous one, or the not so famous one, is he preferably known as Adam Green. And with us is um, Jamie Stimson. Hello, mate. How are you? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Um, this is an odd one for me because I'm more of a football uh, connoisseur than a musician. So apologies if I'm a bit hesitant. Um, can you just give us a sort of brief intro as to what you've been doing this year with music wise? Uh, well, this year's not been great. Let's be honest. Uh, one no. one one side of me is uh, I I own and run a live music venue um, slash club, um, which has we right. we also have a recording studio, um, and then the other side to me as well is obviously I make my own music and things. I had a couple of years off with that, but um, COVID meant that I had more time on my hands to uh, get into the studio. <laughs> basically, yeah. um, do I understand you're part of a, a duo band called JSMV? Yeah, well, I was. Um, we've never officially broken up or anything like that. And it, oh, doesn't, okay. it doesn't mean that we um, we will never make music again together. But actually, the way I've kind of gone, JSMB was great. We had some really good times. We did really, really well. Had some nice success. Toured all over and enjoyed the journey. But um, it, what's really good is I've kind of gone into some solo music, but I've still yeah. kept Alfie, the other part of JSMB, with me, and he's producing. Um, okay. as, I've got some other producers as well, but yeah, he's he's still working with me on on some tunes as well, which is really cool. So it kind of continues the legacy. With, with the lockdown, have you been able to work quite a bit? On, well, I say, have you been able to? But have you been able to focus on that quite a bit this year? Yeah, well, in the in the early parts of lockdown, obviously with with COVID, um, no one really went out their house because we didn't really understand it. I think yeah. as we all kind of got a little bit more used to it and a little bit more comfortable with it, we pushed the boundaries a bit more. So then I started going into the studio, um, mm. whether people like it or not. I, maybe it's a rule breaker. Oh, well, shit happens. Mm. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I went into the studio and we started making some tunes. I mean... As things progressed in time, obviously more and more things opened up and things started to change, so it became harder to focus just on music. But but yeah, I reckon I got five or six new songs down, um, which is half of what I want. So I'm not yeah. far off, really, when the time comes to get back in and just smash them out. So oh, that's yeah, it, good. Was, so, it was good and bad. So so you're hoping to sort of finish the album when you can go back in? or? Yeah, I mean, I can go back in now, um, but yeah. I'm kind of the kind of person that like, 
I kind of go with what feels right. So mm. through lockdown, it felt right. There was a lot of inspiration around. Um, there was a lot to talk about because you've got more time to reflect. Um, and then obviously with the venue being so up and down with Corona, I mean, we've done one event since March. So, you know, we're wow. in a pretty screwed position. Yeah. Um, but even though we've been closed, we, we've never known whether we're going to be allowed to open. So we're kind of always on edge and preparing. Mm. Um, so it kind of took away time for music, but yeah, I'm ready to go. I mean, as soon as I get back into the studio, as soon as I'm feeling that spark again, probably smash out the rest of the album in like two weeks. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty buzzing for it when the time comes. Hopefully a Christmas number one in there as well. Is there or? Uh, no, I won't be releasing anything no. for Christmas. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll move on to a, a bit of the football now. Um, my, my info source, Mr. Green advises me you're a Northampton town fan. Correct. Is that not? So I understand that you're from Milton Keynes. Is that not causing a bit of issue? Yeah. So let's let's get let's get the facts right here. <laughs> the facts are: I was born in Milton Keynes before the MK Dons were born. Right. Um, okay. And the, the the story behind it all is uh, to throw a little spanner in the works. But I'm sure you guys appreciate it. My um, I as Adam will know, my dad passed away when I was 18. But growing up, mm. um, I was my dad wanted me to go and watch football. Now my dad was always an avid Liverpool fan and he used to okay. go to games a lot until um, obviously until he had a family. Um, but the, the closest local professional team to us really was Northampton. Um, yeah. And, and growing up my whole family, we had season tickets and we used to go to every home game. And then as I got older, he started taking me to away games, but yeah. in the background there as well, has always been Liverpool. Liverpool's always had a, a special place in my heart. Um, Northampton played Liverpool in the cup um, seven or eight years ago now, or maybe even mm. 10 years ago, I can't remember. And I sat um, in the away end at Liverpool um, and watched Northampton knock Liverpool out. And to yeah. be honest, there's nothing better than that. You know what, the, the FA Cup is special, the, yeah. any of the cups are special. But So Liverpool have a really, really strong place in my heart. Um, I think everything about that club is amazing. You'll never walk alone. You know, it, you can't really beat the meaning behind it all. But Northampton are my 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 home team <laughs> basically so at the end of last season when Liverpool won the title and Northampton got promoted what were you celebrating more Liverpool or Northampton well the problem was we are all sat in our effing bedrooms <laughs> and uh, I was watching I was probably watching the best playoff run that we've ever had in our lives um, from my bed on a TV and uh I um I mean the, it was such a surreal experience because when you watch I don't know about you but when you watch your team on telly um it's really hard to feel the same emotion that you feel when you're in the ground. Yeah. Um, so even when we won the first playoff leg, I was like, yay, like, you know, woohoo. And then I thought, you know, it just didn't feel the same. And then second one, get to the final and you think, here we go. This is where we normally fuck it up. And, yeah. uh, and we didn't, we smashed them four nil and get promoted. <laughs> and then we kind of, but the problem is we've started a new season in a higher division and in life, nothing has changed. So you almost feel yeah. like you haven't been promoted. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. so it's really odd but obviously Liverpool I mean the Premiership's another level and well until this season the Premiership was another level it's a lot closer this year but uh, but Liverpool yeah. have been outstanding like literally outstanding up until now No, I mean I, I must admit I do have a soft spot for Northampton Town um, I went to one of their playoff finals back in the mid 90s I think they played Grimsby for the old uh, we lost three. one anyway yeah yeah should have gone I think to the I went season to... before was that the Swansea one? That was the best one you'll ever have been to in your life. Yeah, I know. I think I, I think I went to that one as well. My dad took me because uh, it was a. I'm a Millwall fan. I, I have been throughout my my entire life. But 
there was a period when I... He's banned from Millwall, Jamie. That's why he went Northampton. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was one of those where... I was sort of just slowly getting into football and dad wanted to sort of take me to Wembley and see all these sort of things. And because Northampton was a local-ish team to where I am, um, we went and watched them. And yeah, it was, it's got a little soft spot for me now. because I, I went to Sixfield, uh, New Year's Day, Millwall played Northampton and we got a last minute equaliser to draw the game one all because Paul, Paul Hubert was ex-Millwall and playing for Northampton at the time. Yeah. He got sent off along with Neil Harris. And I, I one of the best away games I've, I've been to. But I just love the club. Uh, you know, I'm not a second supporter, but I do love it. I think it's yeah, I mean, really happy it's really to hard do well. With lower league clubs as well. I mean, everyone probably will feel the same about their own club. But like Northampton, coming from a business point of view, Northampton and community-wise, like Northampton have won, I think, for the last few years, like the most community-based club in the lower leagues. Mm. And the reason yeah. being is that like the whole match they experience, it's not just about the football. It is genuinely like family-orientated. Mm. Now, some people might not like that, especially a Millwall, Millwall fan might not understand family-orientated. But uh... <laughs> Well, well you said, you said, oh, I like this. Shots are being fired already. It's good. Um, you say this, but Millwall has... The reputation with Millwall has never been great, but for the last sort of maybe 10 years, 15 years, it has become more heavily family family orientated. Unfortunately, yeah, you've still got the minority of arseholes that will go along, but it is a lot better than it used to be. So I, I can see what you mean about that, because I think it is important for those sort of communities and local areas they have that family base in yeah there. Well, well without kids football has no future let's be honest like yeah, you know we've got to, you've got to ingrain kids to want to go to games if you don't then in the future people won't be going to games and the, mm. the, the thing is some of my best memories growing up are going to football with my dad like you know yeah. sitting there with family I, the, the journey that we took there's two ways that we could go to the ground uh, from Milton Keynes and there's one way that is like the longest road ever. And it seems like the longest <laughs> road ever. And then there's another way that I just hate because we always get stuck behind a yeah. tractor or something. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it's all those little memories that you can't, and I always remember, mm. do, do, do you remember the song? I can't remember who sung it. It was called Perfect Day. Um, oh my God. Oh yeah. Was that the one for the uh, comic? Yeah, it was or... something like that. And there was yeah, loads yeah. of singers on it. Yeah. Now yes, I always yeah, I remember, remember that one. we, whenever we won, I would play that in the car on the way back and those lyrics yeah. and the feeling behind it. I just always have that memory in my mind of like going to football with my dad and my, and my mum and my mm. sisters used to come as well, but obviously more your daddy's the one that gets you into the football. But, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you can't really, it's all about the family at the end of the day. You get your, you've got family stands now you've got, you've got behind the goal tends to be your, your, your hardcores. Then you've got your family stand, then you've got your main stand and then you get your dirty people yeah. in the away end. And that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, is that something you're wanting to do? I know, obviously, you've got your music plans and everything when hopefully we all come out of this. Is that something you want to do? You want to go back to, to Six Fields and, and watch football again? Or is it something that, I don't know, is it... So, obviously, we you talking about your dad. Was that something a bit difficult to go do afterwards? Or have you sort of carried on that passion through and, and you want to go back to nah, the football when you can? Oh, yeah, I carried on. Like I'm not one of the people that associates things and then and then hides from it, like... For yeah. me, like that, this sounds probably really harsh, and I'm not really thinking about what I'm about to say. But the football for me has more meaning than it does from the memories I have of my dad, because the mm. memories and the feelings I I experienced, like going to the old Wembley and seeing us win one nil in a final with a last yeah, yeah. minute free kick, John Frayne, what a superhero! Oh, I remember him. Well, I don't well, know if you him. know as well. There's there's a song called Fields of Green. 
um, and it's a Northampton song. And if you go on YouTube and find it, the start of the song is yeah. is the commentary of John Frayne taking that free kick, and you just hear oh, wow. Wembley erupt. And there was <laughs> that was the that was the game as well that we took the record number of fans that had ever been seen at Wembley from one club. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, we don't get that kind of support week in week out, but Northampton yeah. is a, or Northampton Shear is a huge county, and I think it goes a long way in saying what Northampton's about. And we we have the we have the potential to be a championship club and a, and a you know a consistent one. But yeah, hundred percent. When all this is over, I'll, I'll be definitely back to football. It's a great escape for me. Friday nights, Saturday nights, I'm normally at my venue till late late at night. So um, it's nice to go to the football in the afternoon. Mm. It's a way of just killing yeah. some time in a day, just taking in some football, distracting from the world, and then. And then going out at night, so love it. Um, also, Greeny's mentioned he, he may have got this wrong. He usually is. You've done a couple of charity football matches as well, haven't you? Yeah. So over the years, when I was doing music like fully, and and we were getting a lot more publicity and stuff like that, I was invited to some good stuff. And the one that he's probably um, talking about is Soccer Six, um, which was a yeah. in its day it was huge. It was a celebrity football tournament where basically lots of known faces and lots of unknown faces as well that were coming through in, in music and in TV and stuff um, would play. Um, and then it was a chance for people to buy tickets a bit like what you see now, you know, you get celebrity football matches, um, but this was different. It was tournaments. So it's small teams. Was it a five aside tournament? Yeah. Uh, was it? No, it was, I think it was six aside or seven aside. Actually. I can't remember now, Yeah, but I have actually got, I don't know where I put it now, but I have got the winner's trophy. Cause I won it once. Um, oh, nice. And it was actually with bars and melody who Adam will know. Um, it was with them and I can't remember who else was on my team but yeah we won we won the tournament so that's a good little thing to have <laughs> were, were you a little bit starstruck playing in those tournaments no with some of the uh, stuff? Is I, there? I, I don't or was it just one of those where you wanted to go out and beat them well, all and yeah, I, I, didn't, the I don't really care about celebs and stuff I mean I I'm, I do I've, I've met tons and tons of celebrities and I've met loads of people who are influencers and stuff and the, there's only one person and Adam when I say this, you'll remember there's only one person who I've ever really looked up to. And most people don't understand why, but that's another story, but it makes sense. Um, and that's Dappy. Um, oh, okay. He was a huge like inspiration yeah. for me. He still is yeah. with music, but um, I, I got to play against him at mm. soccer six, um, which yeah. meant I obviously met him, had a photo, la, la, la. but again, like I thought maybe I'd be a little bit starstruck, but I wasn't, it was exciting to meet someone like that because he was an influence. Yeah. But um, yeah, I kind of just take everyone. Everyone's a person. I don't care whether you're, you know, if you're homeless on the street and you want to have a conversation, I'll have a conversation. If you're a multi-billionaire, then I'll have a conversation. Like, to me, life is like... I used to say, is a, in fact, here's a story. Um, I did a tour once and we would go all over the country. So we could be in Sheffield, then go to Liverpool, then Southampton. And literally, it'd be like no consistency in it at all. And I remember we did three or four dates in a row and there was these young girls and they must have been 14, 15, maybe 16. And every gig we were at, they were at. And it was like travel city to city to city to city. And they must have been spending tons of money. They're getting hotels, they're getting trains, and they're getting National Express coaches. And after two or three days, I said to them, um, I said to them, uh, do you not, like, what are you doing? Like, you, it must cost you a bomb doing this. It must, it must, like, drain your pocket or your parents' pockets. And I even had a conversation with one, and I said, there's more to life than follow pe- following people around like us. Come, come to a show, take in the music, etc." But don't um, don't overdo it. Like, there's a lot more. I've just had an Amazon delivery just on cue. There you go. 
<laughs> take that one. <laughs> Live and direct. Um, I, I, tell, I tell you what, this has been one of the most random interviews, but it's been well, brilliant. Well, it's real, isn't it? We've, we've, had, we've had phone calls. It's been amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I've been waiting for that for a while as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so and I said to him, I said, like, girls, like, I said, I really appreciate you coming around and supporting. I said, but please, like, don't just, don't focus on people like us and people you see on the internet for your lives because there's so much more to life than that. And it's really nice you want to support. It's a positive thing. But honestly, focus on you. Think, focus on your dreams. Like, four days in a row, you've traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles and spent so much money. And, like, you've got more worth yourself than that, if that makes sense. And it sounds like I'm really yeah. weird for an artist to say because most people would be like, yeah, come to the next one. See you at the next one. Yeah. But in the end, I was like, man, like, like there's a big world out there and I appreciate it. And I'm sure you're enjoying the experience as well, but you know, go and see a different artist. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, just like yeah. change it up a little bit. So, so yeah, I, I was, I'm very real when it comes to people. Like I don't, I, I never saw like fans screaming as fans. I just seen them as people that appreciated the music. And I used to actually yeah. like, you know, I, it's very nice to know people care about you that much, but at the end of the day, once you're gone, they don't care anyway. And once, and once they're older, they tend to grow up and realise that it's not all the be all and end all. So um, there's a lot to learn when you're growing up. But yeah, so celebs and that don't really don't really phase me at all. Like I, mean, I know Adam's a big celeb fan. He. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got you on, James. Yeah, well, I know you don't leave me alone every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get that. We hear that a lot. Surprisingly. <laughs> um, have you have you got any questions, Greeny, or are you just going to save them for your little phone call afterwards? <laughs> no, um, Jay. Obviously, you've touched a bit about mental health in your time. Um, it's something Jacko always touches on about. And we've had Marlon King on about his mental health and stuff in the game. I mean, have you ever? I don't know what what's the word? Uh, suffered from mental health? Um, I'll be completely honest. I well, do you know what? I think it's a really hard thing to say. I don't believe that I've suffered suffered with mental health. Like. But mm. I don't really. Let's be okay. Let, let me clarify something. I'm I'm doing something at the moment. I'm I'm working on. And I've started a project to do with men's mental health, and um, okay. one of the things I I talk about to start with is mental health isn't a negative thing. So like people perceive mental health as being um, depression and anxiety and things like that. Mental health as a whole is is your well being. It's your mental health. So how is your mental health? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Or I'm not good. Mental health mm. doesn't necessarily mean you're in a bad place. So I like to always say that because when I say about my mental health, I don't think I've ever really suffered with mental health. When I look at people that, you know, they're on tablets for depression and they can't even open their windows or their blinds and, and get up in the morning and they, they wouldn't dare go on stage because their anxiety or even go to the shop. Um, but I'm sure in my time, like, I, you know, I've lost my dad. I've lost four grandparents, my auntie, I've, my best friend took his own life. Like loads of things have happened. I've also put myself in situations that are, for a lot of people challenging, like going on stage in front of 40,000 people. But I don't see it as mental health, but maybe I have suffered with some anxiety. Um, and maybe I have gone through depression. Obviously I've been sad, but it's really hard to know what it is. Um, I just think I'm fortunate in the fact that for whatever reason, I've been able to tackle everything that I've been faced with positively. And as you know, Adam, I do everything I can to help others out of, bad situations so one of the things we yeah. do at the venue is we run music courses for people who are in vulnerable situations who are not in education or work or training and we get them um we get them into the studio and i've basically we've got a course that works on confidence self-esteem and things like that without them even knowing they're doing it 
Um, so I'm a big supporter of that sort of stuff. And I was just saying about a project, we've set a project up called Man to Man, and it's Man to Man. The idea is... Yeah. Um, men, men. There's a stigma that men don't like to talk, which I don't believe is true. I think I, I think there are a lot of men that will talk, um, but mm. sometimes men don't like to talk to women. So our theory was, you know, there's a, there's a saying, isn't there? Yeah, let's let's sort this out, man to man. Well, my theory is yeah. we can talk yeah. man to man. It only takes two men to talk. And do you know what? I started the group uh, what f- three months ago, maybe. We've got over 600 members now. Um, these are just men from Milton Keynes, mm. and every day we're seeing people opening up, telling stories about things they're going through or have been through, and then other men um, consoling them and, and giving them support. And it's been amazing to see. So when it comes to mental health, like I find it really hard to understand because I'm not sure if I've been through anything. Mm. I'm sure I have, but if that makes sense yeah. compared to other people, I don't think I've had it as bad, but but um, I'm really supportive of people that, you know, a- anyone, like I said, at any level, whether you're on the street or whether you're a, mi- a billionaire, it doesn't mean you don't need support in some sort of way. So that's kind of the idea behind man to man. Are you going to think about teaming up with a, with Northampton Town Football Club with that man to man, Jamie, or is that something Well, the problem is with that, I'd have to team up with MK Dons because we're in Milton Keynes and that ain't happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. It's not about me being their biggest fan. I don't think they're my biggest fan. <laughs> oh, is, is that a few stories where you've destroyed Milton Keynes is it, on a night out? <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't destroy Milton Keynes. Milton, <laughs> Milton Keynes destroys me. <laughs> Couple more, Jay. Before I let Jacko finish it off, mm. I mean, um, another another quick one is: Have you ever thought of doing a football tour of your of your music, or was that nothing you're interested in? Do you mean going to stadiums and performing? Um, I mean, yeah. no, I've never thought about doing it, but I t- the only issue with it is, I'll tell you, there's an issue straight away and it's probably something that will bore you, but it's more the technical side. Like when you're a performer, you really mm. want it to be like, you, you know, you want a good, for instance, you want a good sound system. You need, you need monitors on the floor or in your ears so that you can hear what you're singing properly and hear the music properly. And football stadiums are dreadful. Like they are dreadful. And I know some people have, have done, um, you know, Wembley, they'll do it for big shows and stuff mm. like that. But it's very rare to find professional artists performing before a game or at half time and stuff because it all comes down to the sound, like it just escapes. And there's a lot more skill to performing than people realise, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, just just the last one, you know I'm going to come out of this, but uh, how, did, how did you get to do that uh, holiday song? Let's oh, God. Story, um, no, yeah. so basically... <laughs> hold, on. hold on, you have to put some... Some information on the back of this now because I haven't got a clue. Greedy's kept this close to his. So, so. I went on holiday. I went on holiday, Jack. I cut long story short, and I was chilling in Greece, mate, at, at a Sineo club, yeah. and I heard this song come on, which is a Sineo club song, yeah. and I thought I recognise that voice, and I listened to it and listened to it all week, and I found out it was Jack. Uh. <laughs> well, it's funny because someone someone messaged me. I, I'll tell you a story. So someone messaged me and said. Are you in Greece? I think they said to me, are you in Greece? Well, this might have been you, but I'm not sure if it was you. So I'm just going to tell the story anyway. Um, are you in Greece? And I said, no. And they went, I swear I just heard you singing. And I went, <laughs> I went well, I- I'm not there, so I don't know what you're talking about. And they went, well, I've heard this song on repeat. Like, everyone's doing this party dance and this. And I went, oh, my God. And it clicked. So the year before, so it came out in the summer. I can't remember now. It's been, I think it's been three years running. They've used the song now because um, it's been so popular. The year before, an agency in Milton Keynes um, called me and Alfie in and said, is there any chance you could just sing this song? This is the lyrics. This is what it is. Just sing it. And Alfie, you do the rap and then that's it. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they went, this is, we're going to pay you this. And I'm telling you now, it was not worth the pay considering how many times it gets fucking played. Um, I'm telling you. Um, and uh, anyway, so I went into this makeshift studio in their agency building, like, you know, a, rec- a little recording booth and stuff. Um, they told me the, the lyrics and I sung the lyrics and I was singing the word Seneo. And I, I didn't even know what Seneo was at this point. And every time I said Seneo, I was like, am I saying it right? Because I don't even know what this is. Anyway, yeah. it comes to light, you know, a year later in the summer, six months later, whenever it was, this song was the official song of, of Seneo Club, which was a children's entertainment section of uh, Tui. Is that right? Yeah. Tui, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. played in all the hotels that have a Seneo Club around the world. And yeah, eff- effectively, it was the, the party anthem of, of Seneo and Tui for for the last three years. But to be fair, it's the cheesiest of lyrics, but it's a banging summer party song if you're on holiday. <laughs> oh, it is let, a banger. Let's I'm be honest, admit. if Tui are playing it, the lyrics are always going to be cheesy. I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> looking for a good time, <laughs> like, having fun <laughs> in the sunshine. You can just remember, imagine like all these... Yeah. I, I can imagine Greeny singing it in one of his karaoke oh, oh, oh god, there you go. Oh, 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 oh. But, but the great thing is, and every now and then I do this, I go onto YouTube and I search for it. Obviously, it's not going to happen now because no one's really been away. But um, if you go onto YouTube and search for it, you, you see videos that people have filmed on their holidays of people doing the yeah. dance and stuff. And that's really nice, to be fair. Like, they don't know it's us performing because our name isn't against it. But it's really nice to know that you've had an impact on people's holidays and that, you know, they, yeah. they've got these memories of all the, the silly dancing and stuff. Yeah, I have to confess, Jay, it was me what texted you. Well, there you go, then. <laughs> After you, a few people did, like, and every time I read on, on Facebook, someone will be like, oh, I can't wait, I'm going, to, I'm going to Greece next week or whatever. And I'll be like, what hotel are you going in? Are you going <laughs> to... But no. That's class, it is class. I'll have to put it on. Oh, well, you're, I'm sure you'll enjoy it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be a good wedding song if you're having your wedding in the show. Yeah, uh, it's not happening, mate. <laughs> the colour scheme is going to be uh, the Millwall Navy Blue yeah oh well so... <laughs> do you want to finish it off yeah, Jacko, just, then, so we can just, just quickly um, are you able to give us the link for that man to man project that you're working on yeah I'll send you, I can send you the link obviously the, the whole point of it is right now is it's for Milton Keynes people but I have grand okay. plans in the future to, to potentially roll out the brand like nationwide so every town or city yeah. could could have a man-to-man like kind of franchise because yeah. uh, I think it's got some good legs and the, the concept of it is like I say in the group it's really nice that men are just coming in that you know they're they're posting pictures of some DIY that they've done now normally yeah. people they wouldn't do it because they think oh, there's women and other people might laugh but this group because the mindset is let's be supportive and positive someone will post yeah. something up even if I think it's a little bit lame you still write something nice and that's what's great about it. So it's been a really, yeah. we, we had a couple of coffee uh, evenings as well before, um, before, before this lockdown um, and people mm. met up and it's been, it's been amazing. Like it's just been so nice to see people grow from the group and um, I, hopefully we can do a lot more with it when, when COVID allows, but yeah, hopefully um, I, I'll definitely send you some information and, and then hopefully in the future, maybe we can get a, um, a local one for you as well. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. I think, I think, from from a personal standpoint, I, I've been going through therapy for just over a year now. Um, and at the beginning, the, you know, the, the stigma of men don't talk. It it was very apparent from the group that I was with. But given the reassurance and the confidence from other people, it does help 
that you can talk about it and that it's okay to do it. Yeah, well, if you um, want to join our group and just say you live in Milton Keynes, I'm happy with that. Oh, I, I always say to people, I'm never going to stop people from joining because, do you know what, if, if they need the support and they think the group is supportive, then, you know, I, I'm not going to say no to people. In the future, like we say, if, if, if someone local to you is able to to take over the group and run it the right way, then, you know, you join your local one, don't you? But, but yeah, if, yeah. If, if you think it might help, then join the group and um, I'm up for it. And, and also doing a podcast, mate, I just want to say, like, things like this is so important for mental health. Like, one, mm. not only are you helping yourself, giving yourself some structure, something to focus on and be positive about, but two, yeah. you're also helping other people, which means you should take some satisfaction from that. And hopefully that helps your own mental health as well. No, that's brilliant. No, thank you very much. Very kind of you. Um, one last thing. Uh, best player to see play for Northampton. Uh, I have a th- I have a couple of favourites from a long time ago, but you probably won't know who they are. Is Marco Gabbiadini one of them? <laughs> he is one of them. <laughs> he, he, I just remember him when I was young. Like, I mean, if it was now, it may not be the way I remember it being. But every time he played, I just felt like he scored goals. Like, yeah. um, and and he just yeah, he just he just had that kind of um thing about him there was another player called Chris Freestone I don't know if you know yes that, if you remember that yeah, it was centre half no he was a, no, oh no he was a, yeah well yeah well he was a striker but he probably dropped on well I remember him being a striker because he used to score goals yeah. um but he was and then another one who's more recent he's just signed for us again was Ricky Holmes more recently um yes, yeah. absolute when he was with us the first time absolute class act he's one of the people that helped helps us win promotion with Chris Wilder who's also gone on to do amazing things um and he took mm. him with him but um, he's just come back to us. He had a, a hugely serious injury and he came, he came with us um, about two months ago. He came for three weeks for a rehab. The club agreed to let him come, do some rehab, yeah. never intended to play for Northampton. And he was doing yeah. so well and impressing Keith Curl so much in training. He signed him and he's in the starting 11 every week now. A massive thanks to Jamie and to players out is his summertime banger, Suneo. Let's kick and switch, it's what we do best Peace and love we teach to respect Keeping it cool is 
is what we do best We're on top of the world, nothing less Cause we're one big family We love the summertime sun And we all like to party So get up and have some fun So let's go I said you, me, come on, repeat this time. I said you, you, me, me, one big family. I said you, you, me, me, one big family. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.